There's a ton of benefits. Energy, obviously, is the big one. A lot of us need and rely on caffeine to, to function and perform, but coffee is the cleanest source of caffeine. It's the most direct and the cleanest way to get it in. It's most naturally occurring. A lot of the other products that you're talking about that guys consume for caffeine have a ton of additives, a ton of sugar, and it's just not as pure of a mechanism. The most famous example in the U.S. is probably Joe DiMaggio, who was a Hall of Fame baseball player for the Yankees in the 30s and 40s. In the 70s, he started endorsing Mr. Coffee, coffee makers. Interestingly, some of the sporting organizations have banned uh, adrenaline at different times. So, for example, I think some of the shooting sports at the Olympics wouldn't allow caffeine. At one point, it was completely banned by the International Olympic Committee. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of Fifth Wave. In today's episode, we're delving into the worlds of coffee and sport to explore the synergies between these two high-profile industries. The benefits of consuming coffee before exercise have been informally documented, and it's estimated that tens of thousands of elite athletes use coffee or caffeine as a legal performance enhancer. Moreover, a number of coffee brands have taken advantage of this connection by sponsoring major sporting activities. For example, Lavazza is a sponsor of Wimbledon, the US Open, Royal Ascot, and Arsenal Football Club, while Nespresso has sponsored the Ryder Cup golf tournament since 2014. And Melita is currently the official coffee partner of Manchester United. So what are the true business benefits of the connection between coffee and sport? In this episode, we explore this topic by speaking with Caleb Benoit, founder of Connect Roasters, and Major League Baseball player Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs about their business partnership. But first, we speak with Dr. Lindsay Cass, principal lecturer at the University of Hertfordshire, to get a deeper understanding of what caffeine does to the body and how it can affect athletic performance. Lindsay has taught at the University of Hertfordshire since 2004 and has a background in exercise physiology and sports performance nutrition. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Jeffrey. Thank you. Today's topic is coffee and sports. Is there any connection between coffee and sports that you can logically see? There's definitely a connection between caffeine and sport. And the jury listed out whether coffee as such works as well. A lot of research has been done looking at what we call anhydrous caffeine, so that means you're using it in its raw state. And some of the research has found that if you have that in a coffee, that you don't get as good a result. Um, but some of the more recent research has found actually with coffee itself, you do get as good a result. And some of the reasons that have been put forward for that is that some people think that the roasting of the coffee beans may make a difference to the way we absorb it. And also, obviously, when we have coffee, we have often have other things in it. So if you're using it for competitive sport at a high level, we normally say as sports nutritionists, you're better off to take it kind of in a powder or a tablet form where you know exactly how much caffeine you're going to have and you take it prescriptively. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking more at the recreational athletes and just wants a boost, then you could definitely have it in a coffee form. And yes, there is quite a lot of evidence to show that it does work. Okay. How does it work? What is the actual physiological effect that caffeine enables someone to perform better at sport? It has quite a lot of effects. The thing it's most known for, obviously, people think if they have coffee, it wakes them up and it gives them the jitters a bit and it makes them feel more alert. 
The evidence shows that coffee genuinely does do that. We have something called adenosine, and it blocks the receptors for these in the brain, and the adenosine can make us feel um, more sleepy. And by blocking the receptors, it allows us to feel more awake. So not only do we feel more alert if we're doing um, sport, also it makes us feel less, say, pain or that we're working less hard because it affects the central nervous system. So if you say to somebody, you know, do something at a certain intensity and they do it again after they've taken caffeine, then they would give a lower rating of how hard they feel when they've had the caffeine. The second one is that um, it can also affect muscular strength. So although it can't make you build muscles, and there's not a lot of evidence it helps in weight training or muscle building, what it does is it allows what we call the excitability threshold. So when we have a contraction on a muscle, it's like an electrical impulse, and it reaches a certain threshold, and then it fires, and that allows the muscle to contract. And what happens when you have caffeine is that excitability threshold changes slightly so that actually we can hold that muscular contraction for, for, it is a split second, but for slightly longer, but gives us more strength in our contractions in our muscles. And then the third thing that caffeine has been known for, and this was really back in the 1980s, because you find like you talk about your different waves in your coffee and you're on your fifth wave, you find with research for any supplements, there tends to be different angles on it at different times. So in the 1980s, we had very much the metabolic theory for caffeine. And that was very much into fat burning. So people felt if they had a lot of caffeine, it would help them burn fat. And that's really been disproved. It found that it raised heart rate, but didn't necessarily make us burn more fat when we're sedentary. But what is interesting, what's been found is that if you take caffeine before you do exercise, then um, you can use more fat when you exercise. So that won't have the effect that we lose more weight but it means that we can spare our glycogen, which is our carbohydrate. And that's the thing that like when you hit the wall, when you do a marathon, that's the point at which you run out of carbohydrates. So if we get people to use more calories from their stored fat, then um, we could maybe preserve a bit more carbohydrate to use when we run. Wow, this is fascinating. Well, I've got to add one more to it, because I think it's the one actually that most people associate with it, is that um, it increases the amount of adrenaline that we have. Interestingly, some of the sporting organizations have banned uh, adrenaline at different times. So, for example, I think some of the shooting sports at the Olympics wouldn't allow caffeine. At one point, it was completely banned by the International Olympic Committee. Sometimes your skill level can tip over if you're overly alert. Yeah. People didn't like to take it for certain type of skills-based sports. It depended on the sport. But it's not a banned substance anymore. It's what they call a monitored substance. So that means that if they do a doping test on anybody, they are able to look to see if they've got caffeine in their blood, um, but they can't act on it, but they're monitoring it to see if they want to put it back on the banned list or not. Thinking of how the body functions, the body seems to self-regulate with how much caffeine you can actually take in. Do you have anything to add on the science of that? I think some of that is um, definitely self-regulated because I think, you know, sometimes people imagine that they're going to feel tetchy after they've had coffee for a long time. Like people say, I can't have it after midday or I won't be able to sleep at night, but we know it's out the system completely by then. We know it stays in the system for about five hours, but it's on the down, let's say, after five hours, so you've got less of it in there. And um, Also, we know that 10% of people don't get any response to caffeine. So some people get a great response and some people don't. And that tends to be, when you say self-regulated, I would say it's an ad 
adaptation process. So I think for yeah. some people, if you always drink a lot of tea and coffee or cans of Coke or even chocolate, you know, you're used to having the caffeine in you. So your body adapts as in it becomes, I'll put inverted commas, but you become immune to it. Okay. Whereas I think people that don't have it um, will react more to it. And interestingly, if you use it in the sporting environment, and we do use it in sporting environments, it's one of the what we call ergogenic aids, like one of the supplements that we know can help sports people, where some of the supplements that people spend a lot of money on, really the research doesn't back it up. But I do believe it can work. But I would always say to someone that's doing a competition, come off of it for a couple of days before so your system's clean of it. And then when you take it back in again, you get a better response to it. There's a half-life, if I understand it, with coffee. Is that half-life about five hours? So every five hours it gets reduced by a half approximately in the bloodstream? So the half-life is how long it stays active in the system. So five hours. So then you've got another five hours for it to come out the system. So in theory, it could stay in there up to 10 hours. Um, but it doesn't tend to be. In the studies I've looked at, they normally find it's starting to um, dissipate after three hours. If I'm looking at this from a sport perspective, I would give the person that wants to take it, give them the supplement 90 minutes before they exercise. Are there any particular sports that you're aware of? Or is, is there any logic to caffeine being better for a given industry? It's been looked at, and again, we talk about these different waves of research. So I think in the 1980s, as say, it was what we call the metabolic theory. We looked at the fat burning. So that would be for things like endurance exercise. So we know it works on long distance, such as running and cycling, which is why they're they'd be using it. And then 1990s, early 2000s, looked more at muscular-based activities, and we found it worked for that. And I would say that now, you know, 2020s, people are looking more at what we call intermittent sports. And so far, the results have been good in all of them, but not for very short sports. So not for like maybe athletics, where it's only a couple of minutes. It's not going to make a lot of difference there. But for anything that's longer than that, the more endurance-based sports, it's been found to benefit. Moving towards your actually specific research, what are the key areas that your research is trying to understand? First, we want to make it so that the athlete doesn't feel they're working as hard because then they can push themselves a bit harder. If you ask them how hard they're working doing a set sport or a set exercise, they're not finding it as hard. Obviously, that's got to be a positive for somebody. Um, also, we wanted to see if they could use less carbohydrate when they exercise by using more fat because for ultra-endurance events, you know, we want to try and get people to burn more fat, so we'd use it for that. But I think for me, the part that I would look at for caffeine now when I do research would be as a recovery drink because there's so much research on it now and it's all whilst you exercise. I mean, it's been researched on volleyball, basketball, rugby, football, hockey, swimming, tennis, golf, <laughs> you know, like it, it goes on short and long-term endurance events and then it's gone on to intermittent sports but I really think the main thing now with sports nutrition is recovery, not just with caffeine. It's how people recover. And that's partly because if you look at international athletes now, even if you look at footballers, there's not much downtime for them like there used to be years ago. You know, there's more leagues, they're playing more matches. So recovery is a very big part of it. So actually, that would be where I'd be looking at. Can it help somebody recover more? Dr. Lindsay Cass, thank you so much for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. And thank you very much for having me. It's fascinating to hear how far science has developed our understanding of the benefits of caffeine on sports performance. 
Now let's find out how a coffee and sports partnership plays out in real life by speaking with Caleb Benoit, founder of Connect Roasters, and Major League player Ian Happ, an award-winning baseball player with the Chicago Cubs. In 2020, Ian invested in Connect Roasters to help raise money for local communities and for COVID-19 relief funding. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Now, Caleb, I wonder if you could just tell us about Connect Roasters. What do you do and and when did the the business start? Uh, I founded the business in 2016 uh, on this idea that coffee could be used as a vehicle to help people. I had taken a couple of um, missions trips to the Dominican Republic in Haiti. So when I came back from those trips, it sounds a bit dramatic, but with a, I don't know, a changed worldview and this desire to um, be a part of the solution to this very tangible problem that I saw, right? I came back now knowing names and faces of, of folks who didn't know where their next meal was coming from, for example. And I had a hard, hard time reconciling that, right? Like I, I live in relative comfort. Obviously, coffee has grown primarily in the developing world, uh, consumed at scale in a market like the U.S. So there's a business opportunity there. And then from the very beginning, I built into the, the foundation of the company a give back model where we were setting aside a portion of our sales and using that money to aid community development efforts in places that we're, we were sourcing from. And so that kind of scratched that itch, so to speak, to to give back and be a part of the solution to the problem that I saw. So what's the scale of the business today? You Wholesale accounts? Do you have uh, any stores? We're a growing brand. We do retail wholesale. The company started with uh, retail just through our website. We've grown into wholesale and we are in a few short weeks opening our first brick and mortar uh, coffee shop. So that's the next chapter for the business. So Ian, how did you get involved in the business? Well, I got involved in 2020. We were coming out of spring training and the sports world got, the world got shut down, but the sports world got shut down and me and a few of my teammates ended up staying in Arizona where we have spring training. So I was a little bit stranded without good coffee. And I was on Twitter and came across a post that had Connect and baseball card in it and was super intrigued by it. I looked up the company and realized that they were Illinois based and just 45 minutes from Chicago. So I reached out on Twitter and asked if they would be interested in sending some bags out. Caleb sent three bags with a handwritten note and I tried the Nicaragua was actually the first one that I tried. I went out to the Target and bought a kettle and a pour over set for myself to make it properly and a grinder and everything and tried the Nicaragua. It was one of the smoothest coffees I'd ever had. I was super impressed. And so I reached out to Caleb and I said, Hey man, you know, I have this idea to do a coffee. I love your product. You know, could we do something that was a give back for COVID relief? And obviously having looked at the website and what Connect had done, the give back model was important to them. They were already giving a dollar per pound roasted to where they were sourcing the beans from to, the, to help those communities. Caleb was quick to say, yes, you know, we had the product turned around in two weeks, Caleb, three weeks. Um, it's pretty incredible in the middle of COVID. And so we started selling quarantine coffee for COVID relief. And we were giving uh, a large portion of the sales back to save the children and then to the food bank in Chicago. So we were trying to help with the people that were affected most by COVID in 
in the area that we lived, but also in the country. So it was an awesome start to the relationship. Wow. Uh, and then from there, we said, hey, you know, this is working. This makes sense. Uh, and I, Caleb and I were on the same page. And I said, I would love to be a part of the company moving forward. Caleb was on board. And so we've kind of grown it from there. And, and here we are three years later, you know, opening a brick and mortar and you know, starting to sell canned cold brew and having a distributor. And uh, it's been a really, really fun ride. Oh, wow. I mean, this is such an unexpected link. A sports personality comes together with an audience to actually make an impact, in other words. Are there any other examples of partnerships that you, you see um, in coffee and, and sports um, specifically um, in the, U, the U.S.? I mean, there's definitely some. I think, you know, Phil Mickelson started his own coffee brand, but it's more of a kind of a performance uh, supplement brand than you have Valtteri Botas, the a Formula One driver. Yeah, he's from Finland, and so he's partnered with a, a Finnish a roaster, and I know they've done some vending at Formula One races in Europe, which is pretty cool. Jimmy Butler, the NBA player, got involved with coffee uh, during COVID. He was selling allegedly $20 cups of coffee to uh, teammates and opponents in the NBA bubble during COVID. I mean, the most famous example in the U.S. is probably Joe DiMaggio, who was a Hall of Fame baseball player for the Yankees in the 30s and 40s. In the 70s, he started endorsing Mr. Coffee, coffee makers, like the, you know, the very basic yeah. drip electric yeah. machines that people have in their kitchen. And he started um, being a spokesman for them. And so if you're of a certain age in this country, you remember television commercials and Joe DiMaggio hawking Mr. Coffee Makers. Oh, wow. That's a big name connection between sport and coffee. Are there any, as far as you could see, and from your conversations in, in your own performance or actually with other sports people, are there any genuine benefits of having coffee or caffeine be before a match? There's a ton of benefits. I think energy, obviously, is the big one. A lot of us need and rely on caffeine to, to function and perform, but Coffee is the cleanest source of caffeine. It's the most direct and the cleanest way to get it in. It's most naturally occurring. A lot of the other products that you're talking about that guys consume for caffeine have a ton of additives, a ton of sugar, and it's just not as pure of a mechanism. Probably doesn't taste as good either. But, you know, for me, coffee is the cleanest and easiest way and the one that I can trust the most, especially, you know, because I know where we're sourcing our beans from and how everything's coming together. A lot of those other products, there's a ton of additives and you don't know exactly how you're going to react to all the different sugars and combinations. Mm -hmm. So that's why myself and honestly, a lot of my teammates rely pretty consistently on drip coffee or a uh, kind of a cold brew to get our caffeine. Would you go out into a game without a cup of coffee? For me, I tried to cut myself off at a certain point before the game. There's guys who will drink a cold brew right up until first pitch or half a cold brew 30 minutes before or something like that. I have it early in the morning. I try to cut myself off in the afternoon by, you know, 12 or 1 o'clock. It's different for me in the off season. I'll just drink it all day. But if we're going to play a game, I'll try to cut myself enough before first pitch. Excellent. Um, Caleb, probably loaded question, but why partner with a sports personality? To be honest with you, something like this wasn't necessarily something we were seeking out, right? Like I wasn't, you know, DMing people on Instagram who had blue check marks trying to bring on a brand ambassador or a celebrity or something like that. But, you know, when we started the conversation with Ian, it became clear to me that this is something that could work, right? Ian's somebody who's passionate about the product, really bought into our the mission of our brand. 
business minded and, you know, obviously has a platform and an audience, right? And so as someone who is operating a business, running a brand, like that kind of ticks all the boxes. And so I think for me, it was just, it was a no brainer. And now tell us about this new bricks and mortar site that you've got planned. What's that going to look like? It's actually, the property is a house that was built in 1911. And so when you see the property, it, it looks like a house because it is. Um, we've completely renovated the first floor, about 1,600 square feet. We've got a two-group Ranchilio Invicta espresso machine set up on bar. Uh, we'll have uh, four taps for cold brew and tea that we're going to keg in-house. We've got a big event space in the back of the property where we hope to host our own events, uh, cuppings, tastings, things like that, uh, educational classes, and then also be a place for the community that can use that event space as well. But we've done events, farmers markets, things like that in the past, but this is the first time that we'll be serving our product directly to our customers in a company-owned space. So really exciting for our customers to experience the brand and the product in a new way. Any baseball theme at all? Any touch points? We're going to keep it pretty subtle. We'll have some um, prints and some photography on the wall. Um, you know, some of our merch, uh, Ian and, and baseball is represented on that. And so stuff we'll have for sale in the shop. Um, you know, you'll see the nod to baseball. And social media, how has that been influenced since you guys became partners? Yeah, I mean, obviously Ian had a sizable audience on platforms like Instagram and Twitter. And so once we started working together, his audience, his fans, Cubs fans saw that. And so a certain percentage of his his fans are now fans of us and follow us on those yeah. platforms. Twitter, I think, has probably been the most interesting for athletes. Uh, it's a way for them to communicate directly to their fans. And for us as a brand, it's like the most direct communication other than email or in person. So yeah, we've seen a lot of traction on Twitter. I think part of that is a function of Ian being active there, but we've built a really nice community that enjoys interacting with not only Caleb and Connect and myself, but also with each other. It's been really fun to watch people. At one point last year, people were giving each other tickets to Cubs games at the end of the year. That just grew up in community that Connect Rose was just built. It's been pretty impressive. Caleb and Ian, thanks so much for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Thanks for having us. So we can now really see the enormous benefits that coffee brings to the world of sport, from enhancing athletic performance to commercial partnerships that raise the profile of businesses. And especially when these partnerships align on vision and values, all to the benefit of spectators and coffee consumers alike. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. Please subscribe to Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or give us a five-star rating. And to stay informed, visit worldcoffeebottle.com to access all the latest global coffee news, including the weekly coffee dose, our newsletter sharing the breaking news stories of the week. This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And this week's song in collaboration with The Coffee Music Project is Rye Grass Rider by Samantha Rise. And until next time, stay safe, stay passionate, and stay caffeinated. Guns and greed and they shot Jimmy
Yoke 